Welcome into Jets Nation Radio. I am Goose, joined by Noah Fuchs from Seafry out in Portage. Before we get to him, just got to shout out the good folks over at Betway. So if you're out in Ontario, you're 19 plus, go check out Betway. That's a place to make your bets. You can make some pretty good ones there right now. Uh, as well, make sure you go check out JetsNation.ca on a regular basis. Uh, we're getting articles out on, well, a regular basis nowadays. So <laughs> Noah, how's it going, buddy? Angus, Angus, always a pleasure to catch up with you. I'm doing well. Uh, we've had a beautiful winter here in Manitoba so far. Uh, some would say it's climate change. I would say it's well-deserved, right? So, <laughs> a little bit of a break from um, the minus 40s so far. Uh, enjoying my time just living life without having to worry about, am I going to make it to my car? Is the wind going to blow me away? Am I going to survive today? Yeah, I mean, living out in Portage, it's nothing but a big open field out that way. And I don't know how you're not blown away more days than not. I know. Well, I carry a lot of change in my pocket, so that way I don't fly away like a kite. Oh, uh, that's how we keep the smaller guys from flying away. That makes a ton exactly. of sense. Exactly. And the gummy worms. And the gummy worms. <laughs> gummy worms really just, now, are they the special the gummy worms that you uh, came red-eyed to class in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, my friend. Oh, we got nothing. Uh, yeah, no, fair. <laughs> Plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. <laughs> Plead the fifth. Nothing suspicious. That was not my fault. Not no. my fault. All right. Well, take your word for it that it wasn't your fault that you left some gummies on your bedside table. And I ate them in my sleep and it's legal now, but uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, um, the Jets, they're looking pretty darn good, but a devastating injury to Kyle Connor last night. Uh, haven't heard any word on when he's going to return to the Jets, but how do you feel about uh, Strom not getting any sort of suspension? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm glad he got the five-minute major, of course, and the, and the game. Uh, I don't see an intent to injure on the play. Strom's not a dirty player. I don't think he meant to do it. I'm fine with how it is. I understand there's going to be some Jets that are very, very some Jets fans and maybe some Jets players that are very, very upset that he is not going to get suspended, or at least I haven't heard that he's getting suspended. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't see an intent to injure there. It kind of looked like a free accident. Like if you were to ask Ryan Strom the shift before what he's going to do, he's not going to tell you he's going to go injure Cal Connor. That's not who he is. I just, I, I'm okay with it. It was a freak accident, of course, and uh, we'll see how things play out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm kind of on the side of Jets fans right now where it's like, yeah, that still we need to see that kind of a play out of hockey uh, where it's like, I, I get that the game moves so fast, but you do kind of got to remember it's like, yeah, your knees can't be pulling any kind of shenanigans like that. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Well, for me, for sure, I think uh, he'll have to fight the next time he plays the Winnipeg Jets again. I mean, I know Shifley fought him already, but I think he'll probably have to fight again. And uh, that's just the way of the road in hockey. That's how things get solved sometimes. So I would it, expect the next time Ryan Strome plays the Jets to fight again. Shifley did step up in that that moment, but I would I would think he still has one more uh, battle to solve here with the Winnipeg Jets after Kyle Connor's injury, which are, some are saying could be long-term. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's long-term. I've watched that replay far too many times for anyone's comfort. And it's like, yeah, that one looks like it's going to be a long recovery for the guy. But in the good news, the Jets could potentially pull a Tampa Bay here and just bring Kyle Connor back for the playoffs. And ooh, look who we got all of a sudden. Kyle Connor added to the lineup. Yeah, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets, I don't know if they're a team to try and circumvent the cap, right? I don't know if they're going to – because to do that, you have to spend over the league 
cap. And yeah. are the Jets in a position to do that right now? I would hope. I would want them to. If you can break the rules like that, break the rules, it definitely increases your chance to win the Stanley Cup. Like, look at Tampa Bay did it. Even Vegas Colorado, just did it. Colorado did it. No, it's like it's all the past couple Stanley Cup champions. Colorado did it, I believe, with like Rantanen. Uh, Tampa Bay did it with Kucherov. And, of course, uh, the biggest uh, scenario there that we just saw play out was Mark Stone this past spring. As all the lights in my radio station get turned off, I am fully in the dark now. Ooh, tons of fun. Love recording in the dark. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like I was, uh, I'm just working on an article right now for GetsNation.ca, uh, looking at potentially bringing in Andre Kuzmetsov from Vancouver. Yeah, like I would be, I would be a little bit skeptical of bringing him in because his PDO, like he was just on a very, very high shooting percentage last year, and while he he does have one heck of a shot. I, you, like there's a reason the Canucks want to get rid of him. There's a reason so. to stop at him. I mean, he's not maybe he's not a great fit. Maybe he'd be a better fit on the Jets. But I don't know. For his cap hit, you might be able to do better than a guy who just was a little streaky last year and got paid. I guess that's fair enough. So maybe start looking at other, maybe even internal options. Oh, yeah, I would like that too. But with that being said, I do like Kuzmenko out of... Uh... Vancouver, it's just that's a that's a steep cap hit, I do think. And Vancouver's a smart team. They don't just give away players for nothing lately, at least this year. So I don't know. I, I think the Jets should look other places and if they have to, maybe go back to them. Yeah, that's fair. I mean the 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 Vancouver Canucks, they sure like to add those big tall defensemen. So, you know, Mr. Six Foot Seven going out that way. I don't think Logan Stanley's going to get you anything of much value right now, other than maybe a fifth round pick or a third round pick. Hey, I, I don't know. Uh, I constantly hear Jets fans talking about how they wish they kept playing hockey because Logan Stanley just looks like a beer league player out there. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a little disappointing. He was a first round pick. He hasn't materialized into anything that I've seen. I mean, I root for the guy. I hope he does well. He wants to be in Winnipeg, which is huge. I think I heard he wants to stay in Winnipeg. I thought. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I think that's the Winnipegger mentality of gaslighting yourself that you want to stay here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't think you could. Uh, you'd have to definitely add, add, add if you're going to put Stanley for Kuzmenko there. I don't think yeah. it's a one for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. That would not be a one for one deal, obviously. Either, you know, I just think Logan oh, Stanley would be a big piece to that. Chevy has made some great trades. He does. That dude does not lose trades, or he does his very best not to. I think we could... Hard make... for him to sign anyone, but he makes it, good trades. Yeah, unless you're already here in Winnipeg, and then, you, like I said, you gaslit yourself to, oh, I guess I'll stick around Winnipeg for a little bit longer, and, ah, oh, shit, now it's my whole life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn it. Uh, do you see anyone uh, internally stepping up for that Kyle Connor spot? Well, I mean, I'll give you two options right here. I'll give you, uh, how about the 10th overall pick in 2020? Or mm. how about the guy that went fifth overall a decade earlier in 2010? I mean, we're talking about Perfetti here in Niederreiter. I mean, to me, if you're going to do it internally, you got to do it by committee. Everyone's just got to step up and be one, liar, one line higher than they were before. 17 goals and 11 assists in, and 11 assists in 26 games, hard to replace. But if you can do it by committee, right, you, you don't get it all from Perfetti. Perfetti he looks like he could be a a high-scoring winger at some point. I don't think he's at Kyle Connor's potential right now. So if you kind of add him and Nino together, maybe see what they can do. Maybe you replace some of Kyle Connor's 
production, and this is assuming the worst. This is assuming Kyle Connor's out long term. We're not doctors. I've only read what a supposed doctor had to say on Twitter. That's the only report I've got so far. So assuming that Kyle Connor is out long term, I do think that, yeah, you try to replace him internally with Perfetti and Nino moving up the lineup, at least right now. And if that doesn't work, then you seek other options. And then bring in Shabarkov, maybe, for that fourth See, line? Thing, yeah, I, I'm all right with that. But the thing is, is that when you lose a player like Cal Connor and you try and trade for a really good replacement, everyone knows you need a replacement. No one's going to give you a sweetheart deal and be like, oh, you just <laughs> lost Kyle Connor. Here's a, here's a discount on this premium left winger. No, they're going to charge you even more because you're you're missing Kyle Connor. That's just my opinion on it. That's what I've seen in the NHL. Like, look at the Oilers. They tried to go out and get a goalie. They couldn't even get a backup because everyone's asking for a first-round pick because they all know Jack Campbell is the absolute worst <laughs> at the position of goalie. I mean, he seems like a good guy. I'm, like I said, I'm sure Logan Stanley's a good guy. We're all just judging him based on how they perform in the hockey rink surface, right? And they're all better hockey players than me, but I don't make their paychecks i don't play in the positions they do so i'm gonna judge them based on how they are playing and perfetti has surprised me this year i think he's a little bit of a pleasant surprise nino playing to his standards as well i think he might have a little more scoring to give but it is hard to break up that third line with nino on it that's the best third line in all of hockey but i do think you got to try and move him up a little bit or maybe you do an overpay and get someone on that second line and move perfetti up to the first what do you think uh, see, and I think that moving more, if it's going to be a short-term injury, like a month or less, you put Morgan Barron in that uh, top six position and you just say, go for it, buddy. Like I, he's, he's such a greasy guy that I think playing with guys who are going to put pucks onto the net and have rebounds come out all the time. Like I would love to see Morgan Barron play with Shifley and Ehlers. Cause I just think that could be a, maybe not Ehlers, but like that could be the line. Yeah, no. I'm all for uh, giving people a chance and riding it out if it's short term, of course. Yeah. Like, you got to give people a chance, and maybe that increases their trade value. Maybe you can get something for them, you know, of course, other than the core players. Um, but but I also wouldn't trade Morgan Barron right now. Like, I, that's one of those guys I'm like, you, I know he's an RFA, but I would be extending him for as long as possible. You consider him part of, like, a core five? I don't think he's core five, but he's definitely a part of the – a young core, I guess I would say. He's got value, but he's not untradeable, I would say. Yeah, he's not untradeable. He'll, he's a huge piece to anyone's team, but I think that's a guy that you want to have in the playoffs. I mean, after that big cut last year and just the greasy goals that he's picked up in the last few games, I'm just like, yeah, you need a guy that's going to sit in front of the net, go pick up all those rebounds. Oh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I am a huge fan. And, you know, Velarde scored against Anaheim. He's off the schneid. Maybe he can pick up a little bit of that score in that Kyle Connor left in the, uh, the injury reserve spot there. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think I don't think the Jets are going to absolutely start tanking here because Kyle Connor's out. Even if he's out for a long, long time, they're still a wild card team in my estimation, even without Kyle Connor. Um, but yeah, very interesting to see where they go from here as far as moves and timeline on Connor's return. Yeah. So you think like even like let's just say this is this goes until the end of the season. You, like you think that the Jets would be like a final wild card spot without Kyle Connor? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, and then I, what are they with Kyle Connor then? Are they this team? With Kyle Connor, I think they're probably a top 10 NHL team, but like on the outskirts of the top 10, of course, I think they could probably even be a top five team if they address some of the holes. But you could say that about every playoff team. Yeah. Um, uh, some people, some people want to improve forward on the team. They want a better second line center, right? For me, I wouldn't worry about that as much as I think they need someone to probably play with Josh Morrissey. Yeah. I mean, DeMello is a serviceable option, but I just don't know if he's a first pairing defenseman, you know? Yeah, no, and I totally agree with you on that. Like the and, Jets and, and you push out Stanley too, which I think Stanley's a little bit of a sore spot on the Jets just personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you are in the majority of what Jets fans are thinking. It's like, yeah, you can you should take care of your second line center, but you're you need to find somebody that can legitimately make Josh Morrissey even better than he is right now. Cause I think that guy's starting to step into that elite territory. Oh yeah. I mean, Nemestikov, what a pickup from the Jets. I mean, he's not your typical second line center. He's not like an elite player, but I think he gets the job done there most nights. So yeah, his only flaw though, is he's so brutal in the face off dot. Like there's not yeah. one guy on that second line. where are like, all right, we're going to take a face off. It's like, Ooh, we got a one in three chance of this going <laughs> right. <laughs> Bring back Sam Gagne. Oh, Bring back. Do. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I miss but Sam I, Gagne so much. I know. Yeah. You miss, um, or sorry, you mentioned Josh Morrissey there. I do believe he is borderline elite. I don't know. Like when you look at the top ten in NHL scoring by defenseman, he's sixth, right? So that's elite. But when you look at who's ahead of him, like the Kale McCars, the Evan Bouchards, they do something just a little more special than I've ever seen out of Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey's had his moments, but you you never can you never get Josh Morrissey confused with a Kale McCarr, would you? Or an even Evan Bouchard or an Adam Fox. Well, are you, know you saying I mean? that Evan Bouchard's better than Josh Morrissey? Uh, as far as offensive output goes, yes. Okay, okay. I thought you're like as an overall defense, and I'm like, <laughs> that's a rough take, there, friend. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely trending that way. And if you give them twenty more games, probably. But uh, uh, they're. I would say they're both on Team Canada at the moment, so I wouldn't say it's that rough a take. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, uh, Josh Morrissey does a lot of things better than Evan Bouchard as far as defending goes. But what Evan Bouchard can bring to, uh, especially your fantasy hockey team, uh, Evan Bouchard is far better. But that's not what matters in the National Hockey League. you got to be a well-rounded player. Josh Morrissey, better than Bouchard right now overall. Potential, I don't think it's close, really. Um, but that's me. Uh, I don't think uh, even... I don't really know what Morrissey's ceiling is. It's kind of this. It's like sixth in league scoring. He's a really good defenseman. He can defend well. He can skate well. But like, I don't know. Top don't seven know. guy. Yeah, he is a top top ten NHL defenseman. I think his scoring is out factoring. Like he's not a headman, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's not, not a big bruising guy. He's just a lot of average things that he does really, really well. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's there's a lot of players I'd probably pick ahead of him, and I mean Quinn Hughes, Petro. I mean, Darlene, Power, McAvoy, Yossi, 
uh, Haskinen, Fox. But, but none of Fox. these guys are, you know, doing better. Well, I guess Foxes, but like, you know, a lot of those guys aren't doing better than Josh Morrissey. Or it's like, I think Josh Morrissey is just one of those guys that flight flows underneath the the general. Uh, yeah, he's underrated. Yeah. But I mean, you would, if, if you're going to have a Josh Morrissey, you want another Josh Morrissey on the other side, right? Yeah. Like two Josh Morrisseys, I think, maybe would equal a Kale McCarr or a Quinn Hughes. And that would probably even be better than having one Quinn Hughes or Kale McCarr. If you have two Josh Morrisseys, then you're set. But right now, Josh Morrisseys about 75% of what I think Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr are and Victor Hedman and all that. Like he's, he's, he's right on that borderline of being elite, real big difference maker, real great defenseman you want on your team. But he's not Victor Hedman, and that's just what he's not Rasmus Dahlin. You know, he's missing some things. I mean, Devin Bouchard uh, comparison, obviously, rough take, like you said. But I mean, I don't know. I just, I, it's hard to get a real read on Josh Morrissey. 28 years old. This is probably the best he's going to be. He has sixth at an NHL scoring. He's a great defenseman. I just think you could, you could probably do better. Like, Mark Shifley is a better forward, better 1C option than Josh Morrissey is 1D option, right? Yeah. Right? Like, Kyle Connor's a better 1 left wing option than Josh Morrissey is a 1D option, right? And defense is way harder to play. But there's a difference between being... There's levels to this elite conversation, right? Like, Josh Morrissey is elite. I just... I, I don't know if he puts you over the top. Like, you need someone similar to him, and then you'd be set. Like, you would be so good if you had another Josh Morrissey on your team. You'd probably have one of the best D pairings in the league, right? But it's just so hard to come by. It's so hard to define. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think we talked about this last time is the Jets don't la- – or the Jets are currently lacking that guy, your Connor McDavid, your dry sidles, your McCars, your – you know, one of those guys that can take a game for you From the on net a out. nightly basis. From the net out. Yeah. From the net out. Yeah, because so, Con- uh, Connor Hellebuck is that guy. He's just in net. Yeah, and goalies can't score you goals. It's great that he can win you games and keeps goals under three on a regular basis, but uh, you need somebody to take the game and make it elite, you know, for everyone to watch. Yeah, and I hope Jets fans don't get too mad at me there for that take on Josh Morsey. Like I said, he's he's elite. It's just I don't know if he's like... Like, to win a cup, you got to look at the teams that have won a cup recently. Like... Hale McCarr, Victor Hedman, last year Petrangelo. They got a couple studs on their decor. Like, I just don't see a guy like that. And I guess it's coming down to, like, Morsey's a great offensive defenseman, great skater, but, like, he's not scaring anyone, you know? Like, he doesn't no. have that full package. And neither would Evan Bouchard. And honestly, I don't think Kale McCarr is scaring anyone other than with his speed. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know the Jets need that guy and to find another defenseman that can play properly with Josh Morrissey. That's that they, they need basically Elias Lindholm or not Lindholm. Um, Ekholm. Yes. Uh, Ekholm on the back end, but on the right side, you can't have another left shot defenseman being great. Matthias Ekholm out of Edmonton there. Eh? Yeah. Sorry. I'm brutal with names right now. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, see like people are scared of Josh Mor- Morrissey's scoring, but I don't think they're scared to it to the point where they're, Quinn Hughes scared of it or Kale McCarr scared of it or Evan Bouchard scared of it. And if you're not scaring opponents like that, then I think you got to be a little more physical to be a, an elite, elite defenseman in the NHL. Like he is elite. It's just, it's such a, it's such a hard conversation to have because he's not really the 
best at anything. He's really good at scoring, but there's guys ahead of him in the league that are better at scoring than him, right? And he's he's a good skater, but he's not the fastest skater in the league. He's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's really good at everything, but he's not great at anything besides offense. And even then, he's second tier. Yeah, yeah, he's a jack of all trades. And I mean, like the way that he runs the blue line, like that's that's where I would say he's elite is just skating that six inches away from the line is beautiful. But that's the only thing I could say. That's what I know Josh Morrissey for. And his leadership, I think and he's his a great, leadership. He's a good guy, a great leader. I would want him on any NHL team. It's just uh, if he's your number two defenseman, you're set. That's a Stanley Cup winning pairing right there. I think if you could get someone in there impossible to find, even though Edmonton did it last year with that goal. I mean, if you could find someone like that, I think the Jets would be set. Like, to be honest, you wouldn't even have, I don't know. It would just do so much for the team if they could find someone to play with Josh Morrissey who might even be better than him. And that's a tall, tall, tall ask. But just what I'm looking at when I see the roster. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree with that because where do you find right shot defensemen? They're, they're hard enough to find on their own, let alone finding great ones like, well, I don't even know where to start looking. <laughs> uh, Colton Franco, St. Louis? Gold, Colton Pareko, come on up. You're coming to Winnipeg. Right? Sorry? Does he shoot right? Is he a right-handed defenseman? I believe he is, actually. He is, he is. Yeah, I mean, it'd be. I don't know how he's playing this year. I've been following St. Louis too much, but I know uh, when they went on that cup run, he was good, and he's been good in years past. So would be a good get for the Jets if they can stomach $6.5 million. I don't know, start looking at your defenseman and like, hey, Dylan DeMello, sort of, well, maybe not DeMello. De- yeah, you need a guy like Brandon Dylan on your team if you want to be playoff successful. You got maybe start looking at moving on from DeMello and, you know, Logan Stanley. There you go. There's your moves. You move on from Logan Stanley first. And then DeMello. I think you make down. him a part of the package. You can say like, listen, Logan Stanley's only played 120 games in the NHL so far. His ceiling, there's still so much of it that you can go get. You know, you got a second pairing defenseman out of Logan Stanley. I'm sure you could probably sell someone on Logan Stanley. Can't sell me on Logan Stanley. My <laughs> That's because we're in the market. We have to go to Arizona or something. Be like, listen, six foot seven, you need this guy. Yeah, look at it. Look at how much room he takes up in the stands. You can pretty much claim a sellout, Tempe. <laughs> Rip. Um, Sticking with the defensemen, uh, we have two defensemen that are on uh, UFA contracts in Brandon Dillon and Dylan DeMello. Uh, assuming there's no trades, uh, we get to the end of the season with those two. Which of them do you stick uh, keep around? I don't necessarily think you have to move on from either of them at the right price and cost. Uh, like, like Depending on the cost, keep them. But don't limit yourself to only doing that. Like, Please go out and look at an upgrade. And if you really don't have anything else and they come in at a good cost, I, I would have no problem really running it back. I mean, if you look at the the lineup, I guess DeMello's higher up in the lineup, so they probably value him more than Brendan Dillon. But I think both of them bring different skill sets, right? Uh, I, I think both of them are going to be taking pay cuts if they're going to stay or whatever team they go to next, they're going to be taking pay cuts. I don't exactly imagine they're going to be staying at the salary they're at. So, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing them back. But uh, yeah, hopefully in a lesser role for DeMello. And then Brendan Dillon and DeMello, I don't know. That'd be the worst second pairing ever. Or if you want to keep Pionk there and then move DeMello down to the third pairing, I mean, I think he'd be a great option there as well. Yeah, don't limit yourself to only bringing those two back. 
like obviously go out and look at options. I I would probably prefer you keep so hard between the two of them. I mean, probably take the guy that's taking bigger minutes with Morsi and keep him, but then but then it doesn't make as much sense to move on from Stanley, right? So I think maybe you do move on from DeMello then if you can get more value for him, especially. I, I don't know. That's a tough one, real tough one. What do you think? If you have to keep one or the other, who is it? I think with the lack of meanness with the Jets overall, like I know that Adam Lowry plays such an integral role for being that guy. And even Mark Shifley stepping into the role of, I guess I got to throw some punches these days. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I think I would personally keep, I don't know. Cause like Brandon Dillon's going to be 34 at the end of this year and 34 year old mean defensemen are going to expire on you sooner rather than later so i don't know if i want to necessarily keep him around unless he's coming in at two point two and a quarter million dollars uh but the jets also have a ton of cap space coming in and you know everyone wants a paycheck or wants a pay increase so you know he's probably going to be sniffing around for that and dylan DeMello, i think you're right he would be a great guy to have on your bottom pair if you have dylan DeMello on your bottom pair you are probably laughing all the way to the stanley cup finals Big time. So, um, but if I had to keep one of them, it's probably the mellow. And then I hope to hope that somebody comes up that's mean and can deal with stuff. So that way you don't have Adam Lowry fighting 18 games a year. It's just, uh, you keep, you keep the mellow is right-handed shots are so hard to find. And like yeah. you said, the age factor as well. But then if you keep the mellow, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just the whole D of the Jets is a little messy to me. I don't really see a clear future. Yeah, no, I totally agree because you also have that back jam of you got Hanela going to come back right away here. Um, I've been such a big fan of Kyle Kappa Bianco. The fact that he's still playing with the Moose blows my mind. Uh, there's just so many pieces. It's like, just do something. But at the end of the day, Chevy's patience might be his best asset. That's why the Jets have won most trades they've made, right? Like, it's because Chevy's not just getting that itch to make a trade to make a trade. And also, the Jets are in a pretty good position where they don't have to force themselves right now. We'll see how Kyle Connor's injury affects the team. I mean, they still came back against... Against the Ducks. Lonely, they're pretty bad. Yeah, pretty, pretty lonely Anaheim team, but yeah, for a while, it looked like he might be in doubt there. So that was a big win. I mean, getting a win in the National Hockey League is always a big deal. But yeah, no clear path for the future for the Jets on D, and I think they need to address that in the next couple of drafts for sure because look at their forwards. Their forwards are good for a while, in my opinion. Like, if if they're not in their prime right now, they're just on the outskirts of it or just leaving it. I mean, I think Shifley is just on the outskirts of it for a couple more years. Uh, you would hope Ehlers can... Produce a little bit more. Obviously, his, his fancies always suggest he's a better player than he does on the score sheet. Perfetti's just coming into his own. Velarde, I have high hopes for. I know he got injured early, but I'm still high on the player. I saw him play in LA. I know his shot is unreal. Nemestikov, if you get Nemestikov, isn't probably a second line center, but he's doing a good job at it. Nino, I love Nino, of course, dating all the way back to when the Swiss beat the Russians at the World Juniors. Lowry, absolute dog. That's my guy right there. Adam Lowry, ever since giving him the C, he's just a new man. Mason Appleton, of course, you got to love that whole third line. Nino, Nino Niederreiter, Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, just chef's kiss. 
even the fourth line, one of the one of the better fourth lines in the league, uh, to my estimation, Bear and Gustafson and Aya Fowl, I think they've all played pretty well. So the forwards, I see a clear path. I see what they're doing. On defense, I don't know if I see what they're doing. Josh Morrissey, I'll say he's an elite defenseman. We just had this conversation where I said he's borderline, but I'll give it to him right now. Josh Morrissey's your elite defenseman. Besides that, what else is the plan? Like you said, you got the two Dylans coming off the books. Pionk, I thought at the time for Truba, good trade. Now kind of looking like probably lost the trade, but it's still, Chevy had a gun to his head and still got some value. He's still got a player. Uh, Morsi, Pionk, and Sandberg is kind of like the three on D that you probably go with going forward. I mean, depending on how how the organization views Stanley, maybe he's in that range too but the Dillons up in the air like you said maybe you move on from them depending at the cost depending on the situation it's just so messy right now on the Jets D I don't know if there's a clear path I mean they're all playing well they're doing a good job it's just uh, after this year what, what are we looking at I don't know yeah it's a big ugly question mark and considering that the Jets have figured out what's going on with the forward group and even with Connor Hellebuckley you know that the Jets have an elite starter for I would say four maybe even five of the next seven years and then you look full at who contract it, you think full, full contract. contract i love it I don't know. i'm not yeah. gonna he was a late bloomer right so i mean I, I don't have any doubts that connor hellebuck can keep it up as long as he wants to put in the work in the offseason and do everything to prepare himself as he has been before i mean uh, connor hellebuck is that guy he's a top three nhl goalie yeah so i think you you kind of anticipate him being like you're never you know you don't think Sidney Crosby's ever gonna burn uh, different different levels there, but you, you don't anticipate like Carey Price ever burning out. You know maybe Carey Price is a little bit better than than Hellebuck, but neither of them had a cup, so I'm gonna go with that. Like you never anticipated Carey Price burning out, and he went right until the final flame. So yeah, I I, I respect that way to look at it. I just. And I guess Carey Price also carried the Habs for how many years, and Connor Hellebuck has done the same oh. with the Jets. I am optimistic by nature. So Yeah, well, that's unless, what we are known for. <laughs> unless your name is Logan Stanley. Yeah, then we that. don't have high hopes for you. But yeah, I, mean, uh, I just, I hope he's okay. I hope it, it can be hard not living up to your potential, man. Like, yeah. you know, I, just, I feel for the guy on like a personal level because obviously things haven't gone his way being a first round pick and never really cracking the lineup full time. And now that he is, I don't know, he's not getting that much ice time. I'd have to look at it, but uh, between 12, uh, 1130 and 14, 14 uh, for the last three games for him. I was just writing about him. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he proves me wrong and no one would be happier than me, but I just don't know if Stanley's the guy. And I've said it so many times. I feel bad because it feels like, intentional but just when you talk about the jets he's kind of a sore thumb he really is but i mean like honestly i think those two goals that he scored in the playoffs against montreal that was what killed the guy and any sort of future success that he was going to have why because so that was the year that uh the seattle expansion happened i don't think with those two goals he i think he would have been he would have gone and uh been exposed in the draft and might have been picked up by Seattle. And then obviously things are very different at that point, but I think the Jets wouldn't have kept him safe if uh, if he doesn't score those two goals against Montreal in the final game of 2021. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the roster and see who they could have kept. I mean, it was I between hit uh, between him and Mason Appleton. Yeah, so. So, I mean, they got Appleton back. Yeah, interesting yeah. debate. You think the two goals really influenced them that much? 
I think was so. it the fact that he had the pre- pedigree of being a first round pick. They don't want to give up on first round picks. Could be that as well. But I think like those two goals had a big, I think they had a big situation there or a big, big part of that situation. Factor. Uh, big factor. Holy. Yeah. This is not my day. I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Uh, March, just, every day is your day, Angus. It is. I will every make day. today's my, the rest of today, my day. Uh, Mark Shifley getting into a fight last night. He's got two on the season over under on three and a half. Like I would hope under, like, I don't want Mark Shifley fighting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't have to fight again. Like the last one was because Cal Connor essentially was put on IR before he even left the ice. So, I mean, I respect that he stood up for his teammate in that situation. I fully support that one, but I hope, I hope Mark Shifley is not on the ice for any more severe injuries to the point where he has to fight. And, and Mark Shifley shouldn't be fighting. Like he's not the, he, he's a 40 goal scorer. He, he, he's one of your biggest point getters and don't, I, I think he is your biggest point getter. The guy should not be fighting. He should not be spending five minutes in the box for fighting the rest of the season. Of course, I do praise him for fighting and yeah, like you don't want to blow those good looks you got there, Mark. So please don't fight again. To be honest though, I know he's a feisty guy. He gets pretty jazzed up. So you're saying over under three and a half? Yeah. He's got two now. You got it. I think he gets one more, so I'll take the under, Ooh. but it's like close, close. I think he gets one more, and I don't think it's because of injury. I think it's just because Mark Shifley gets fired up and decides to chuck some knocks one game, but yeah, I'll take the under. I'll, I'll, I'll take the under, but I love the fact you think he's got one more in him. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, okay, uh, a couple quick ones for you. Uh, last time we talked, you said the Jets would finish about 11th or 12th. I know we kind of half discussed it, but where do you think the Jets finish up this year? It's so hard right now because we don't know where Cal Connor is going to finish. We don't know the moves that are going to be made. We don't know what is all going to transpire in the next week, two weeks, 48 hours, whatever. It could be 20 minutes after this podcast. I remember uh, at the start of the year, we did the podcast and I was talking about the Jets as if Mark Shifley and Connor Helbuck were gone. And I was kind of down saying, whoa, 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 what's the future of this team without those two? And then they signed, and then the future became ever so clear. So right now, it's hard to say where they'll finish. With a healthy Kyle Conner, I do think they were edging towards being a top 10 NHL team at the end of the year. Right now, without Kyle Conner, I think you're probably a wild card team. So the good old Jets, 16th overall. I don't think they're the last wild card team. But uh, oof, it's so tough to say. It's so tough to say. We'll have to check back at some point in the season when things are more concrete. Fair enough. Uh, if you could add one former Jet who is not Dustin Bufflin to the lineup, who would it be? Are we counting Atlanta? Yes. Ilya Kovalchuk. There it no is. Or Marion Hosa. No questions asked. But if we're just going Jets 2.0, I think you got to go Brian Little. Oh. Man, that guy on the second line with Cole for Fetty on his wing. <laughs> Here's the franchise. Yeah, that would be a great line. No, I'm not going to ignore that. That was a great comment. But uh, the franchise points leaders go in this order. Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Kovalchuk, Little, Connor, Kozlov, Bufflin, Ehlers, Enstrom, Ladd, Morrissey, Patty Line, Hosa, Matthew Perot, Evander Kane. Evander Kane, I mean, as much as everyone hates him right now in Winnipeg and they're going to forever hate him. 
He's playing really good right now, and he's played really good since he got to uh, Alberta's capital there. So, I mean, he wouldn't be a bad ad if you take away all his baggage. Um, I remember watching the Jets versus Oilers game uh, a couple of weeks ago here, and the Oilers had that heartbreaking win against the Jets. Um, uh, <laughs> Evander Kane, I think he forgot where he was. He thought he was still a Jet. He would come down the wing, and he'd just rifle it off the glass. That's what I remembered Evander Kane for in Winnipeg. He would come down the wing, Really, really fast, make a nice move and just rifle it over the net. And he did that quite a time, quite a few times in that game too. So it was just like old times. But yeah, probably Brian Little if we're just going Jets, Jets. But Kovalchuk, man, could you imagine Kovalchuk in Winnipeg? That would be fantastic. Would be deadly. Oh, a man could dream. And uh, you know, Enstrom you know ninth in total team points. Wild. All, right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe old Danny Heatley could be the answer. For uh, taking some thrashers as well. Yeah, Danny Heatley. Yeah, what a guy. 50 and 07. 50 and 06. 50 and 07. <laughs> man, he's man, underrated on it. Go look at his goals. I watched his highlight reel the other day. It's like, none of them were really that pretty. The guy just like willed himself to 50 goals. I mean, he had a few like one timers and stuff. He had a wicked shot, but like a lot of rebounds, a lot of just jamming the puck in. And, you know, and they don't ask how you did it, just ask how many. Uh, Louis DeBrusque, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting all those millions from Ottawa. <laughs> Sick payday. Uh, what's your late? Uh, what's your go-to late-night snack? Man, that's a tough one. Tough, tough, tough one. Big chips and guac guy, or chips and salsa. Ooh. But uh, ah, so hard to say. Can- so I say no to candy. Like I'm a gummy worm guy. As I was talking about the start of the podcast, love love some Jolly Ranchers as well. It really, all depends on uh. Depends on the mood. I'll go chips and guac though. That's my mood lately. That's a that's a good move. Uh, what, what kind of chips are you going with? Just uh, go with just, the lime. Oh, the lime. I love it. Um, right. Yeah. Jets debuted their uh, 1948 jersey recently last week. Uh, but are you on board with those ones or not so much? There's worse jerseys in the NHL. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it's the best jersey in the catalog that the Jets have, but. Uh, I think it's middle of the pack. I don't hate it. I think it looks better once you see it on the ice. Everyone likes to judge things when it's like, oh, they came out with a press conference and here's like some random dude wearing it. But like once you see like Cole Perfetti wear it with like the whole getup, I think it grows on people and it has grown on me as well. I love that powder blue kind of that they got going on. I don't know if I love the stripes up here, but what can you do? I love the the gloves. I wish they would have went the same color with the pants. But yeah, middle of the pack. I don't hate them. I don't love them. But the Jets have better jerseys in the catalog. I think we can all agree on that. Oh yeah, they definitely do. I'm still <laughs> on board with those old R or uh, with those uh, the second reverse retros. Those are those are clean. Take them the full time. Honestly, okay. I don't either. Okay. Or just give us a red jersey there as well. That's what one thing I want. Just give us cherry red. Yeah. Uh, and finally. Best concert you've seen in the city? Well, that's a hard one. Whew. Well, I mean, just recently I've actually seen 50 Cent in Winnipeg. He came to Manitoba's capital. I've seen uh, the Canadian band The Beaches. They were fantastic. That was at the Bird a couple of months ago, uh, a month and a half ago, I want to say. Uh, hard to top Kanye West. I saw him when I was 16. He had the floating stage. Just as far as a musician goes, that was He's my favorite musician. I don't necessarily agree with everything he has to say and all his <laughs> politics, but I, I, it, 
you go through the music I'm listening in my car. It's it's Kanye, and like I do feel bad about it for everyone who's like, yeah, oh, man, that guy. But yeah. uh, yeah, uh, hmm. we will go with. Oh, this is harder than any hockey question you ever asked me, Angus. Yeah, right. Hockey's easy. It's the music that's uh that's tough to disagree with. Yeah, well, I also saw, I said we'll go with Melky Chance. I saw them at the Burt. That was a great concert. Ooh, that's a good one. I definitely thought you were going to go with Kanye on that. I had to switch it up. I seen Kanye twice. Once when I was eight. Once when I was sixteen. So uh, wait, ah, oh, shoot, you're past twenty four at this point, right? Turning twenty four in March. Okay, Kanye, get your stuff together. We got a concert in the next year to plan. You know how many people that were like, oh, I hate Kanye. You know, all that I think a lot of people that said said all that stuff would go just because he's such an entertainer, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that like I love that quote of, you know, the most depressing thing that's what was it? Basically, I'll never be able to see myself perform live. I'm just like, <laughs> I respect that so much. His biggest regret in life is that he'll never be able to see himself perform live. There it is. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that's a disappointment. But if Kanye decides to do a 20th anniversary of graduation, I am the first guy to go pick up tickets. Yeah. I think it'd be college dropouts because yeah, college dropout 20 years. So that was like 2004, 2005, but graduation would be like 2008. I think. Hey man, I could do 2000, 2028 on Kanye coming back. Hopefully we're out of a recession by then and we could afford like bread. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I, uh, yeah, you know, hope for a, re- a recession recovery. Good and, thing uh, we got Paul. We, good thing we got Paul Bizonette telling us how expensive our tickets are here in Winnipeg. Oh, 28 <laughs> bucks on game time. Paul, buddy, click on the tickets. It's 28 bucks, and then you got all these random fees, and that's American. I don't think the guy has got paid in Canadian in a while, even though he's from Canada. Yeah, yeah. it's nasty, man. I'm a big fan, but that, that comment drove me crazy a little bit where he was saying, oh, $25 to get in the door. No, it's not, no, Paul. It's, no, it's uh, not. not Canadian. No, yeah, I know, because like once you throw in that conversion rate, you throw in the weird tax and whatever, it's 70-some-odd dollars just to get yourself in the door. Yeah, and that's still and like not. Good. Yeah. And like, you know, you got to pay for parking, got to pay for gas, got to get your stupid burrito for $15. That's too small and not enough beef on it. And then maybe you can enjoy yourself. Hey, all the Jets fans listening, if you can get out to more games this year, get out to more games. That arena looks a little empty for me, but no judgment to anyone who can't afford it right now because I can barely afford it myself. I've only been to a couple of games this year. Would love to go to more, but, you know, love to see that Canadian dollar uh, go up a little bit too. Yeah, that too. I mean, just, uh, yeah, economy, recover. Because I, I can't Please. yell at any uh, politicians to just tell it to recover. Because every time I say that, somebody tells me I'm wrong. And I just don't feel like dealing with that today. Well, I mean, if you go left, you go right. There is going to be like half the people telling you you're wrong. Yeah. And then if you go <laughs> in the middle, they're like, why don't you have a stance on anything? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want the mob after me tonight. But but Yeah. I know we could do a whole political 45 minutes together here. Well, I don't know where it would go, but I think it'd be entertaining. It would definitely be entertaining. We're going to have to start yep. meeting up on a more regular basis just to. Yeah, man. First Monday shit. of every month here, right? Yeah. I think that's the plan is a uh, first Monday of every month. And we're going to see Noah Fuchs on uh, Jets Nation radio. And we will figure out my lighting. Yeah, absolutely. I- Maybe we just got to invest in a little ring light for you. 
Well, that would be amazing, right? Yeah. 25 bucks off of Amazon? Maybe get Golden West to pay for it. Well, you know, I cannot comment on that right now. No, but I can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, you know, if if my employer wants to listen to Angus, he does have one heck of a podcast, so. Well, at least at least six people are listening on a regular basis. <laughs> Make it seven. My dad's going to watch this one. Oh, God bless. <laughs> All right, Noah, you have a great night. Thanks for talking about the Jets. And, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, we'll talk to you again next month. Hey, classy Jets fans. Appreciate hey, the time. All right, have a good one.